Can church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand. Amen. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome to church in the balcony. Thank you for being in the house this morning and uh, worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Uh, I think it was maybe John and some other writers also began to just talk how good it was to know that people are walking in truth. And I believe that uh, if we don't walk in truth today and know who Jesus is and accept the doctrine of Christ, then uh, we're going to find ourselves struggling and we're going to find ourselves just participating rather than being a part of the church. And uh, I want you to understand how great the Lord is in your life and how great it is to be gathered here this morning to feel His presence and to know He is real. How many's glad you can feel the presence of the Lord? Amen. Amen. We have, uh, we have just a, a few announcements that we need to make mention of. Uh, we want to remind everybody that on the back podium, there is still uh, the uh, sign-up sheet for our... Um, if I can get my phone to cooperate. Uh, sign-up sheet for our Christmas program. So Sister Pam needs to know just as soon as you can... Um, how to uh, how many people is going to be signed up? How many people is going to help out and participate? Because I think it's going to be uh, very important. Also, uh, let's uh, remember coming up Sunday, September the seventeenth. That's just around the corner. Brother Cornelius Harper is going to be here for our 11 a.m. service, and then we're going to Pikeville at 2 o'clock. We invite everybody to come and celebrate Pikeville's 11th anniversary service. Brother Harper's going to be preaching, and uh, we're going to have a good time over there celebrating 11 years. And it'll be my third year as pastor over there, and so we're looking forward to a great, great time in the Lord. Uh, we uh, do have just, I want to read just about 10 prayer requests. Let's remember uh, Barb Sawyers, Ruby Daniels, Justin Casey, Hannah DeBarge, Kenneth Coleman, Orville Wolford, Tina Justice, David Dayday Justice, and Mike Bartley. Let's remember all of these. If you have a prayer request you'd like to make known by the raising of your hand, let's just ask the Lord to move today in the Sunday school. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you, Lord, for each and every one that is gathered here today. Thank you, Lord, for the faith that has been displayed of raising of the hand, that there are needs in this house. And Lord, I just pray that you would move in a mighty and miraculous way for each and every one. Whatever need they have, we know that you're going to supply our needs according to your riches and glory. Lord, I love you and I pray that you would bless the lesson this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more mighty hand clap. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing through that. And uh, we are going to read in the word of the Lord. So uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis, going back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 24, and we're going to read just a few verses here, 45 through 67, and then we're going to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 27 in our lesson, and uh, the lesson title this morning is something that we all understand who we are, and uh, if you understand who you are, then the devil can't convince you of much of anything. Because if you realize who you are in Jesus, you won't be worried about what the world thinks. You won't be worried about trying to get the approval of man. You'll only be worried about the approval of the Lord. So we're going to study about the bride of Christ. 
in verse number 45 of uh, Genesis chapter 24. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down into the well and drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank. She made the camels drink also. And I asked her and said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom, whom Milcah bare unto him. And I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets upon her hands. And I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master, master's brother's daughter unto his son. Kind of a weird way of um, dating, isn't it? Kind of a weird way to uh, find a, a future bride, but uh, this is the way it played out. And uh, in verse number 49, it says, And now, if ye will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. And it came to pass that when Abraham's servant heard their words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the Lord brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning and said, Send me away unto thy master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at the least ten. After that, she shall go. And I'll stop right there because we want to read a little bit more, but I want to let you sit. But I want us to study today, even though this is a little bit different of how we find a bride, this is something that uh, was used in biblical times to find a bride. And when they found the one that they thought the Lord had sent them to, notice what they did. They worshipped the Lord. When's the last time you worshipped the Lord for your spouse, for your friends, for anyone that, that has come into your life? When's the last time you fell down and worshipped the Lord and said, Thank you, Lord? Some think about. Because we worship the Lord about a lot of things, but usually it's not about our spouses. We need to make it about our spouse today. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer as we uh, teach this morning the bride of Christ. Lord, we come once again before your presence and ask that you would guide our words and guide us, Lord, that we will speak the words of wisdom and the words that will help each and every one. Help us, Lord, to be thankful in all things, that whether it's in relationship with our spouse or whether it's relationship with the family of God, Lord, help us that we will always be thankful. And we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name.
Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord one more mighty hand clap. And you may be seated. When I read these verses and I read what is actually transpiring, I begin to see that this bride for Isaac is one that uh, is played out in Scripture because of the utmost importance of lineage that was going to continue. The first thing that you got to understand is, when seeking a bride, seek the Lord. It's that simple. Don't go on Facebook and look at somebody and say, Woo-wee, I'd like to meet that person. Or don't look at somebody walking down the street and say, Hey, come over here, I want to talk to you. You single? And they say, Yeah. Well, that don't mean nothing. You ought to ask people what really matters. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That's what you should be asking your future spouse. So all of you that's single and may be getting ready to date, here's the thing. Seek the Lord, then seek the spouse. Don't seek the spouse. There you go. Don't seek the spouse and then seek the Lord. It never works. It never works. you got to seek the Lord first because the Lord will lead you. Do you think that it was just by accident? They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have email. They didn't have, you know, television or tell a woman. No, not tell a woman. Tell. They didn't. A sexist would say, uh, but, you know, they, they, were, they was uh, none of that mass media of what uh, people have today. And what was going on was that uh, they, they would pray and ask the Lord to send them uh, to somebody, and this is what's playing out. I think it's very important that we seek the Lord in everything, uh, especially in, in, in a spouse. You've got to seek the Lord because if you don't seek the Lord, you're just opening yourself up for trouble. People think, I can win them to Jesus. Well, let me tell you, that does not happen. If that happens at all, it is a rarity. And it's not, it's not something I would advise anyone to attempt or try because it fails way more times than it succeeds. So if you are seeking a spouse, first seek Jesus. Remember, we got to first uh, seek the kingdom of heaven. You know, we got we to seek God first. Everything we do, you get ready to buy a house. Don't sit down and look at your bank account and just say, Lord, what do I need to do here? I'd like to have that house. You know, I'd like to have a tiny house, and, and, and it took me 30 years to get one. And, and now there's one sitting on the property down in Tennessee. took me 30 years to get it. It's a tiny house. What is a tiny house? It's a, it's a glorified shed. It's a, it's a, it's a he shed <laughs> instead of a she shed. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, it, you got to pray about those things. Because for 30 years, I wanted to do something. For 30 years, I could have jumped into it any day I wanted to. I could have jumped in and done it. But the Lord gave me the liberty just the other day to do it. So with that said, seek the Lord about everything. If you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a car, especially if you're going to marry somebody, if you're going to date somebody, don't start dating somebody and then start praying because here's what will happen. You'll fall in love with somebody. And then you got troubles on top of troubles 
Because love is a stronghold. Love is a stronghold. Love is something that you can't just turn on and off like a light switch. I know people that have lost spouses uh, by way of death, and they still love them just as much uh, today as they did when they lost them. I know people that have had tragedy happen, uh, divorce happens, and other things, and they still love their spouse, and, and those things happen. And sometimes they don't, but that's okay too because, you know, sometimes you find that, uh, that uh, you just need to be led of the Lord in everything you do so that you don't make wrong decisions. I don't ever want to just say, I'm going to do what I think is right because what I think is right may not be right. Because, you know, the Bible tells us this, this is such an important thing, that a man's ways is right in his own eyes, you know. So, so everything that you and me look at, we think is right. If I want to go here, it's right. If I want to do this, it's right. If I want to not do this, it's right. We think we're right in our own eyes. But the Lord sees the future. And the Lord wants us to know because we are his bride, we are not to now look at ourselves and say, I think I want to do this. We need to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Remember a few years back, there was this campaign out. Uh, they made bracelets. They made T-shirts. They made everything. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Well, it was a marketing campaign. Maybe it had a good beginning and, and good intentions, but it became a marketing campaign. It became a fashion statement rather than people really asking Jesus, what should I do? You see, sometimes I look at the Lord dealing with the church and I just say, Lord, I don't know how to handle this. So show me how to handle this. And he does. He's shown me that for 26 years. If I decide to do things myself, sometimes I would just, uh, I would not be, I would not be godly, you know. I, I, would, I would speak my mind rather than speak from the heart. And, uh, you know, uh, the Lord has my heart. How many's ever been ready to say something to somebody and the Lord check you? You get ready and the Lord says, nope, can't say that. And, and. You're listening to the Lord. That's what we got to do in everything. So we're finding a bride for Isaac. Isaac wants to get married. He's like every young man. He wants to find him a good woman. He wants to find him uh, somebody that can cook, uh, somebody that can, uh, you know, raise children and bear children and all these things. So he wants to find a wife. So what does he do? Well, the Abraham, Abraham sent his servant to find a bride for him. Now, I don't know if I would trust anybody else to find a bride for me. Now, I'm going to say that again because y'all looking kind of funny. I'm just going to ask you, anybody here want to put your future in somebody else's hands? No. I'm not going to look at Caleb and say, Caleb, go out and find me a bride. And when you find her, give her all the stuff so we'll be engaged and then we'll get married. He might come back. With who knows what. I'm not going to put my future in somebody else's hands. So we shouldn't put our future in anybody else's hands but the Lord. 
That's why we begin to talk to the Lord. That's why Abraham said, I want my servant to go and find a bride, and you will know because the Lord will give you the sign, and the Lord will give you the, the word, and, and when that happens, then you can worship the Lord because you know that's the one. Now, Rebecca came to the well, and uh, she was willing to uh, give drink uh, because uh, the question was simply asked unto her. Uh, you know, she had her, she had her water pot or pitcher on her shoulder, and she went down to the well and drew water. And uh, he said, let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, drink and I'll give you camel's water also. Well, that was a good sign. Willingness, submission is always a good sign. If you want good leaders, find somebody who is willing to do anything. I got up this morning and turned the baptistry and turned the heat on this morning. That's a sacrifice to get up four hours early. You know, I'd like to slip in. But you got to be willing. Because if you're not willing, you'll never do anything great for the Lord. Sacrifice is something that is, is going to cost you something. Whether it's time or things you want to do, I want you to know if you're going to be a leader, you're going to have to sacrifice. That's just bottom line. You have to sacrifice. This woman, Rebecca, was willing to sacrifice. She let down and let him drink, but also gave the camel's drink. Now, he didn't ask water for his camel. He just said, give me to drink. And so when you find that and you see that willingness to go above and beyond, you see, nobody just wants to do the minimum. Right? If, if, if you know, a passing grade is 59%, or I don't know what it is now. It may be, have to be greater than that. Just say 59% was a, was a D minus. <laughs> you know, nobody in life that I know of just says, eh, I'm just going to do enough to get a D minus. No, you want to do good. You want to get A's and B's if you want to go anywhere in life. Now, if you want the C's and D's and F's, then, you know, that tells your employer, future employer, you do not apply yourself. You know, that's why they want references. They're going to call somebody up and they say, hey, what kind of, uh, of, of uh, worker is this guy? And, and the guy is, because you give them your friends ref, as reference, right? So all your friends are going to say, oh, man, he's a great guy, awesome, works every day. I remember asking a guy I worked with at Chisholm, I said, you only work three days a week. How can you do that? Why are you just working three days? He said, because I can't make it on two. And I thought, well, he's telling the truth there. I guess he can't make it on two. But um, when we sacrifice and, and go through life growing up, has a, uh, has a far-reaching effect on our future. 
If you think that people's going to look over all these young people that are just out partying and drugging it and drinking and all this, when it comes time for a job, ain't nobody going to hire them. You know why? Because they've showed no responsibility. We got to show responsibility. Same way in church and more so in church. We have to show responsibility. If we're not willing to uh, show responsibility unto the Lord and responsibility in our walk with the Lord, then... You know, we're not going to have a witness that is going to be a good witness. We're going to show people that we're lazy and we don't care about the church. We don't care about the people. You know, I tell people all the time, uh, when, when we minister to you all in song or in word, we love you enough to minister to you. That, that's what it is. And when, when people want to leave and, and say, well, I don't want to play instruments no more and I don't want to sing no more, I ask them these questions. This is some of the questions I'm revealing some of the behind-the-scenes things here. I ask them the question, aren't these people worth ministering to? Well, I want to go here and minister. I want to go there and sing. Or I want to go there and play an instrument. Aren't these people worthy? That's what I ask. Because you see, I want people to know that ministry is not about a big church. Ministry is not about a big city. Ministry is about you touching souls, looking for the lost, witnessing to others. And if you're not willing to do that, your, your life shows laziness in the spirit. But I want us to be the bride. The bride prepares herself. I don't know anybody that I have... I haven't met anybody yet that when the bride knew that she got engaged and she knew that the, the wedding was coming up, she didn't start planning. Some, some of y'all's planned your wedding from the day you was old enough to know what a wedding was. And some have planned the wedding since they were engaged. And some wait up until maybe a month before and plans the wedding. But not one bride that I have ever met just showed up and said, I want to get married. They plan the wedding. Because the Bible says that we are the bride of Christ. And he's coming back for a bride without spot or without wrinkle or any such thing. So we find that if the Lord is looking for a church that's going to be without spot and without wrinkle, we have to be responsible of who we are. We're the bride of Christ. That's why we don't live like saints on Sunday and like the devil on Monday. That's why we don't do things in church and then when we go out in the world, we tell people off and put them in their place. We are the bride of Christ. We're making ourselves ready because this world is not our home. Jesus is coming, and I want to be ready. I want to be ready. So Rebecca came to the well, and of course, we, we just read you the scripture that she gave not only the servant drink, but she gave the camel's drink. And we find that that was something that uh, got the attention because... He said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bare unto him. And then he began to just put things on her to, to say, You're engaged. How many's ever had an engagement ring? All you that's married, have you ever had an engagement ring? 
You men don't, but the women do, right? I never understood why the men didn't have an engagement ring. <laughs> but you women have an engagement ring. If I ever want to see the first payday I ever earned in the mines, all I have to do is look at my wife's engagement ring. The, the, uh, the old one, the original one, uh, set fell out of it and different things of time. Uh, but, you know, uh, I can just go and pick it up and look at it and say, my first payday in the mines. And it wasn't the only, I mean, that was the first payment of the payday of uh, working in the mines because you can't buy what I was making. You couldn't buy an engagement ring for that. Well, you could, but it'd turn her finger green. <laughs> Rebecca was, was a willing person to go extra miles. She, she not only gave the servant drink, but she gave the camel's drink. That plays into a lot when you look at how you serve God. Do you just serve God with the minimum? Okay, I, I go to church. Or I, I pray. Or, you know... I, I begin to uh, give in the offerings. Do you just do the minimum? Or are you one of these people that says, I'll go the extra mile. I'll not only pray and worship and, and give in the offering and give of tithes and, and, and not only do all those things, but if you need anything done, Pastor, just let me know and I'll help you do it. Or better yet, at my age, I'm learning to tell people, no, you do it. And tell me you did it. <laughs> you don't need me to sit there and watch you. So we find that there's something about this servant that showed a desire to do more. If there's ever a generation that needs to read this and understand this story, it's a generation today. We need a generation that can do more, not less. All the young ladies need to learn how to cook. 3598 is not your recipe. 7432 is not your recipe. 7423, you might get a dinner. Some of y'all wondering what that is. I ain't going to tell you. <laughs> but we find that, that if we're not careful, all of our older cooks are going to get too old to cook. And people's going to show up for dinners and there ain't going to be nothing there. I was talking to some other pastors, not one, not two, not just in the state of Kentucky. It's everywhere. And they said, ain't none of our young people ever bring any, you know, like turkey or casseroles or anything like that. They, they bring napkins and cups and forks. Two liter pop. Two liters of pop. Man, you, you, can, you can look at your, look at your plastic fork and knife and drink a cup of pop. Because that's where we're headed if our younger generation don't take some initiative to do something in the church. Now, you might say, what's this got to do with the bride? Everything. Because if you don't have a desire to take care of this place, there ain't nobody out there wants to come into a place that nothing's happening. Right? So, so that's like with, with the uh, sign-up sheet for the 
the Christmas program. Yes, it's work. Yes, it's hard work. Yes, it's sacrifice. Yes, it is. But you know why we do it? Not to be seen, but hopefully some little kid whose great-grandmother or great-aunt is going to be sitting in the audience will be touched in their heart by the Lord and come to Jesus. That's why we do what we do. So that's why it's important that if you don't take care of this place, that tells me all I need to know. You don't care about nothing else in your life. You don't care about Jesus, because if you care about Jesus, you'll care about his house. If you care about Jesus, you'll care about his people, right? That's right. If you care about, oh, no, I loved it. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. No, you don't. Not unless you got a willing to sacrifice. Rebecca went above and beyond, above and beyond the call of duty. You know, they don't give medals out to people that just go into the armed forces, but those men that do more, those men that volunteer, those men that put their life on the line for others, they get the medals. That's right. So if we're going to be the bride of Christ, we're going to have to go above and beyond what the world says church is because the world don't know what church is. Only the church knows what church is. The carnal mind don't understand God. It don't understand the Bible. It don't understand why we come to church every time the doors are open. I've heard people say, you don't have to go to church every time the doors are open. I beg your pardon. Hebrews 10 and 25 says every time the doors is open, you got to go to church. <laughs> That's Richard McKinney's version, the ESV version. Every scripture verified. <laughs> you got to understand something that we are the bride of Christ and he's coming back for a bride that has made herself ready I want to be ready when he comes I believe Rebecca was waiting for that day when everything was going to come together. She came to that well many times. She drew water many times. But this day was going to be different. She was now going to be drawn into the family of God in a greater way because now she was going to be the bride-elect of Isaac. I believe that Rebecca was willing to leave everything, her home, everything to go and be with Isaac. Now, here's, here's something that I need to tell all the people that's not married. If, if the person you want to marry is not willing to give up stuff, and it works both ways, but I will tell you this, if they're not willing to give up some stuff, stay away from them. I don't care how cute they are. I don't care how much they tell you they love you on Facebook. I don't care about that. Because if they're not willing to give up some stuff, I can look around this congregation, I can see people that gave up stuff to get married. Brother Eli, he leaves home, he leaves all he's ever known because of Sister Lakin. I can look over here to my left. Brother DeBarge leaves Texas. The only thing he's ever known Some of y'all ought to try that sometime. Just up and move for about a month. See how you like it. You ain't got no friends. You ain't got no family. You ain't got nobody you know. 
You're learning everybody, learning a different culture. West Virginia and Kentucky ain't that different, but Texas and Kentucky is two different things. So you have to learn the Hatfield-McCoy traits. I had a preacher one time say, man, y'all in East Kentucky something else. I said, we are, ain't we? And they said, yes, you are. I said, I've never met anybody like y'all. Hatfield-McCoy attitudes. I said, it's just ingrained in us. That's just where we're at, who we are. So you find that if we're not careful, we will not be willing like Rebecca to give up stuff, to follow God's will. What can we give up? You don't have to give up everything around you to marry somebody in another state. But you do have to give up some stuff in the world so that you can marry the Lord. If we're not willing... That lets the Lord know that we're rejected. We're not even brought in as a bride. Because we got to be willing to say, I'm sorry for my sins. I broke your commandments. I won't live that way anymore. I won't do that anymore. I won't go down that path anymore. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's what we have to do to please the Lord. Now you can go to church. That don't, that don't necessarily mean you're pleasing the Lord. Sitting on a pew on Sunday morning don't mean you're pleasing the Lord. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. So Rebecca wanted to just be all in for Isaac. Now, we got to be willing to leave the familiar things around us to pursue a relationship with the Lord. Jesus came for a bride. Who's going to receive that bride? Some says God's going to send his son and his son is going to bring the bride back to God. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible does say that he's going to receive them unto himself. He's not going to send nobody else. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. He's God mentioned in the Bible more times. And he said even in, in, in to the people, he said, I am he. Except you believe that I am he, you'll perish in your sins. So all this stuff, I had a person ask me one time, you mean to tell me that if I don't believe Jesus is God, I can't be saved? I said, that's what the Bible says. You know what they said to me? That means a lot of people's going to be lost. I said, exactly. Why do you think it's called the Broadway? And many go in thereat. Why do you think ours is called a narrow way? And few find it. You see, the Bible gives us strict instructions on how to be a bride. If you want to be a bride, you've got to be pure. Gotta be holy. You gotta be without spot, without blemish, any such thing. He's coming back for a bride that is not making herself ready, but made herself ready. Which means we can't just be working on and say, well, I'm gonna try to do better next year. We get at the end of the year and we have these, you know, testimonies and all of these, uh, uh, what do you call those things? You, you make 
New Year's resolutions. You make all these resolutions. Next year, I'm going to church more. Oh, I'm going to be faithful. That lasts about the end of January. <laughs> oh, I'm going, I'm going to pray more. That lasts till about March. And then you, you say, well, you know what? This year, I'm going to do better. I'm going to win somebody to Jesus. Well, after you get turned down about 10 times, you get discouraged. You say, ain't nobody wants to be saved anymore. There's all sorts of people out here that need to be saved. Not only walking the streets, but there's a lot of church folks sitting on pews and other misled, misguided denominations that need to know who Jesus is so they can be saved. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not saying... You know that, that we're a dictator and we got the corner market on anything. But I will say this. If you don't know who Jesus is and you have not accepted him as such, you can't be saved. It's just that simple. I'm glad I know the truth. Amen. You know, I was talking to someone and I even taught this on the, on the iCast. Um, what do we mean when we say I know truth? Because, you know, you hear a lot of apostolic Jesus name Pentecostal people say oh you got to know the truth you got to preach truth what is that Jesus that's all it is Jesus he said I am the way not one of the ways I am the way he said I am also the truth so if he's the truth he's not one of the truth or a truth he is the truth so if I'm going to preach truth, I'm going to preach Jesus. If you're going to stand for truth, you're going to stand for Jesus. It's that simple. I'm glad I know the truth. I remember, see, I wasn't raised in truth, so I remember the first time I heard a preacher get up talking about truth. I'm glad I've been revealed the truth. I'm glad I've got the truth. I'm glad I'm standing on truth. I thought, what truth is he standing on? What truth is he glad he's had revealed unto him? Because all I knew was, you know, Jesus loves the little children. <laughs> all I knew was Matthew 28, 19. All I knew was go shake the preacher's hand and you were saved. That's my first relationship with the Lord. I walked up to the preacher, shook his hand, he said, you giving your life to Jesus? I said, yes, I am. Well, hold my hand. See, that's what weird teachings out there. And if you're not careful, we'll, we'll accept that. You know, oh, well, you know, they, they didn't have time to get baptized before they died. But they, they prayed. If Jesus lets them in, that's fine. But the Bible doesn't say he will. You got to be born of the water. Baptism of the Spirit, Holy Ghost. So, so we can't take lightly. That's why we got to teach and preach today stronger than we ever have and stand stronger than we've ever stood because every attack on truth is going in a greater way right now than it ever has. It's now, you know, used to be it was... It was the world dressed a certain way and the church dressed a certain way. 
that ain't good enough no more. Because now the world don't want to follow the guidelines of morals. Now it's the moral, the immoral against the morals. Now they're whittling away at your morals. They don't want you to think anything bad about a man and a man and a woman and a woman. They don't want you to think bad of that. Don't think bad of that. Don't say nothing against that. Well, the Bible calls it an abomination. I can't help it if it's family, friends, acquaintances. I can't help that. We got to pray for them. We got to love them. We got to pray for them. We got to try to show them truth. And then we got a world that wants to change the gender because God didn't get it right. That's what this gender, transgender situation is. It's an attack not on society and not even on the church. It's a rebellion against God. Remember this. If you remember nothing else, it's a rebellion against God. God, you didn't make this little boy right. He's got feminine tendencies. Well, he needs a man in his life. The problem with a lot of the structure of American families is what the reason we're having the problem of the day that we're living in. It's because no longer do you have the Ozzy and Harriet, and you'll have to Google that if you're young. We no longer have Leave it to Beaver. Where you got the man comes home from the evening and the wife's got her apron on cooking dinner. Kids come in from school and everybody sits around the table. That day is gone. But we as the church ought to revive it. You ought to get your children around the table. And you ought to talk to them about the Lord. And you ought to ask them how their day went. Who'd you meet today? Who you hanging out with? Who's your friends? Because the world is wanting to change that because they're saying God got it wrong. God don't make no junk. God don't make no mistakes. Right? So all these people that says they're, they're a little boy and won't have feminine tendencies, the Bible says effeminacy. Read your Bible. It's a fascinating book. Effeminacy, it's sin. So you might not even be gay. But if you got some effeminate qualities about you, you need to get rid of those. Why? Because those will lead you into gay. Preaching like this is going to get harder to find. You ought to thank God you're in a church that a preacher is going to tell you this. Amen. It's going to get harder to find. Am I, am I antisocial? Am I a bigot? Am I, uh, you know, racist? No. But I know the difference between sin and righteousness. Moral and immoral. Right and wrong. Good and bad. I do know that. What, what are we getting into the bride now? Because the bride has to be different. 
You don't pick a spouse, men. You don't pick a bride because she's like everybody else. Right? Yeah, I, I, when I went hunting for my bride, I went hunting in high school. And when I found her, I didn't want her to be like everybody else. Because I met some snobs in my life. I met some people that thought they was God's gift to the earth. I didn't want her to be like everybody else. I wanted her to be different. Someone who captures my heart. Someone who captures my attention. That's what your bride should be to you guys. Right? She's different than everybody else. She's not like your neighbor. That's how come so many people get in trouble after, after they go into the workforce. A lot of men, they meet somebody at the office and they're different than their wife. And they think, oh, well, maybe I need a little difference in my life. No. You need to go home. You need to stay with your spouse. I'm, I'm just saying, okay? I'm just teaching. That's all I can do is teach. But I want you to understand that Rebecca was willing to leave it all to go to Isaac. we got to be willing to leave it all to go to Jesus. And that's what I want to stick on. I want to stick on the bride of Christ because natural things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. But when little Johnny comes in and says he wants to be Jane, tell him, no, you're Johnny. And if he says this, but my teacher... Take them out of school. Nah, they got to have education. I got to have my eight hours of sleeping in and, and partying. No, you need to get them out of school if that's what they're being told. And then you need to start investing in a Christian school. Try it. Or if you don't want to pay the fee, then just homeschool them. It's still legal in Kentucky. I don't know for how long, but it's still legal. Little Jane comes home and she says, Teacher said she thinks I'm a Johnny. And now they got these pronouns. Now I'm old school. Pronouns is either what? He or she? Not er, eh. That's what Canadians say, eh? Not er, not whatever. They're a him or her. They're either male or female. God only created male or female. He didn't make any mistakes. He didn't make any mistakes. So with that said, I would like to say this. We have got to be the example of what a bride is. That's why many times Paul would look and he'd say, You older ladies, you be an example. Teach the younger ones. You see a dress too short, older ladies? You ought to be saying, Come here, honey. That skirt needs to be down here when you're sitting. 
I'm just saying. But let me tell you something, what we do. Now, I don't want to say anything get people mad at me. Pastor will take care of it. I shouldn't have to do it all. I'm about ready to appoint a committee that oversees holiness. And pastor ain't going to say a word. And if the committee lets it happen, you know what? I'm going to say it's on the committee. Blood's on the committee's hands. <laughs> I'm about ready to turn the music department over completely. To where if you want to play on the platform, somebody else is going to make the rules and regulations. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying every time I stand up and say something and somebody gets mad and leaves, y'all sit there and watch me get crucified and go out in the community and listen to them talk to me about me and all that and then come back. You know, I had a young lady just tell me today, I'm not going to let them talk about my pastor. I thank God for that. Thank God for that. You don't need to be letting people talk about your church or your pastor because they're talking about Jesus. Amen. They're talking about Jesus. Well, let's get back to the bride. The bride has to be willing to give up everything, which means we have to be willing to give up everything. When I walk away from the world, I don't drag me a suitcase of maybe I might need it. Just in case. Suitcase, just in case. Now, I don't drag one with me. You know why? Because I severed ties with the world. I had to walk away from some friends. Because the friends I was hanging out with didn't want me to be saved. They still wanted me to drink with them on weekends. Still wanted me to hang out with them during the week. They didn't want me going to church. I was a different person. They didn't like the new me. <laughs> That's why some of y'all still hanging out with the old gang because you know they don't like the new you, so you become like them and stay with them. But I believe there's still some good folks today that says, you know what, I'll leave it all. I'll drop everything. How many in the house is willing to say, I'll drop everything to serve the Lord? <laughs> Abraham sends his servant to find a bride for Isaac. Abraham was around 120 years old, wanted his son Isaac to get married, but he did not want Isaac to marry one of the local Canaanite women. That's where we fall into you got to marry somebody that's serving the Lord. Okay? you got to marry somebody that's serving the Lord. Not, don't go to the world and say, well, they, they got a good job, and, and they're this, that, or the other. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't date and marry people in the church, I said this one time, and I had somebody so ignorant enough, so insulting enough, to look at me and say, Brother McKinney don't want anybody to date outside of these four walls. There ain't enough women in here to date. There ain't enough men in here to date. I said, how foolish do we have to be that we can't even realize we're talking about the church, not Cornerstone. 
And you got to be careful just because, you know, you see somebody on Facebook and say, Oh, I go to an apostolic church too. I would like to take you back to the Old Testament. Read your Bible. It is a fascinating book. The Old Testament, a prophet came through town and he was told not to eat bread or drink water in that town. And an old prophet, an old prophet, wisdom, example, comes out and says, whoa, whoa, come in and eat some bread and drink some water. He says, I can't. The Lord give me straight instructions. I can't eat bread or drink water. He said, oh, I'm a prophet too. Watch out for people that says, I'm a Christian too. Watch out that people that says, oh, I'm serving the Lord too. You better know them. That's why this this." Meet somebody in two weeks, you're married, that's garbage. I'm going to tell you what they said, and this is, a, this is a stat. This is a stat. I'll tell you what they said. They said that successful marriages happen when somebody dates at least two and one half years. Well, praise God, I'll be old as dirt. I'll be 22. <laughs> you know how long I've dated my wife? Two and one half years. And I wasn't even in church. Didn't know that was a guideline for success. But you know what? Me and my wife's going to celebrate 46 years of marriage. That's right. That's right. Why? Because... I didn't have my eye on somebody else six months after we got married. I didn't have my eye on somebody else five years after we got married. I wasn't looking for nobody 12 years after we was married. After she had a baby and was taking care of the baby and didn't have all the time for a little buddy. Get you a cat. Or a dog. <laughs> Spend time with your children. They're fun. They're a lot of work. They're a lot of work. They'll keep you up late at night, even right now. There's nights I don't sleep worrying about my daughter. It'll never leave you. You, you parents know what I'm talking about. It'll never leave you. And you don't want it to leave. You don't ever want to get to the place that I don't care. You, you do care. The bride cares about who we are, what we do. Where we go. Would you want your bride to be in the saloon? You want her to be Miss Kitty? No, you don't. You don't want no Matt Dillon sitting eating breakfast with her. Right? You, you, you don't want your bride in places, some places. So the Lord don't want us in some places. That's why you got to be careful where you go and what you do because you're the bride of Christ. The bride behaves different. The bride talks different. Now no longer is it about old boyfriends. So why are we talking about, oh, I used to drink a case of beer a day. I've heard people brag about that. Be in church and they say, Woo, there wasn't a day in my life I wouldn't blow down my mind. Shame on you. Talking about your old boyfriends. Right? Oh, they wasn't, they wasn't nothing I wouldn't do when I was in the world. Shame on you, 
your boyfriends and girlfriends. Right? That's what they are. Because that was your life. That was your focus. It ought to be about now he or she. If you're a he, it should be about she. If you're a she, it should be about he. And it should be that now your focus is not on your old boyfriends or girlfriends. Your past is your past. You have laid it down and walked away from it. And now you are married. You're, you're a, the bride of Christ. Right? The bride of Christ. As we come to a close today, I believe that as we understand the church is to be glorious without spot and without wrinkle. Probably everybody in church at some point or another has grumbled about something, right? We've all grumbled about something. We didn't, the music's too loud, air conditioning's too cold. We've all grumbled about something. But you know what? Um, be careful about grappling to Jesus about his church. It's his lady. He's crazy about her. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I go up to Brother Larry and I start downing Sister Racine, I say, there ain't nothing to her. She, she's this and she's that. And I start giving all sorts of slang words that she is. and I, this that. He ain't going to like that. He ain't going to sit there and let me continue to rail on his wife. Brother Joey ain't going to do it. Brother Jerry, I mean. Sister Joey. Sister Joey. If I start looking, I say, Sister Joy's this, and Sister Joy's this, and she's a snob, and she's this, and she's that, and this. Brother Joy's going to say, ah, That's my wife you're talking about. Be careful who you talk about. No longer now is it the natural, but it's the spiritual. Everybody's grumbled at a time or two. He preaches too long. He, he uh, you know, the music's too loud. The music's too long. Same old songs. Be careful. You're talking about God's bride, and he don't take it simple, and he don't take it easy. You start talking about his bride. Well, I don't like this person, and this person ain't much to him, and this person done me this way, and this person done me that way. Be careful, because here's what Dr. Jim Littles, the professor emeritus at Urshan Graduate School of Theology, just said humorously. Be careful about grappling to Jesus about his church. It's his lady. It's his lady. He's crazy about her. We often fail to live up to our calling, which is to be without spot, wrinkles, and blemishes. Nevertheless, we aspire to this high calling. We may fail at it, but that don't mean I ain't still trying. Because when he comes back, I want to be like Rebecca was received when Isaac needed a wife. She was willing to do anything to have that marriage. I'm willing to do anything to be saved. Whatever it takes. Oh, whatever it takes to be more like you, Lord. That's what I'll be willing to do. 
And whatever it takes to be more like you, that's what I'll be willing to do. I'll trade sunshine for rain, comfort for pain. That's what I'll be willing to do. And whatever it takes for my will to break, that's what I'll be willing to do. That's what we got to do. As the bride of Christ, that's what we got to be willing to do. Thank you for listening to the lesson this morning. You are the bride of Christ. You're a special group of people. Don't talk about each other. Don't put each other down. Now, if, if there's some diotrophies out there and there's some uh, Alexander Coppersmiths out there, you can talk about them. <laughs> because they're doing people wrong. You can talk about them people doing people wrong. Not talk bad about them. Just say they're doing people wrong. Stay away from them. That's what you tell people. You don't just sit there and down them and down them and down them. You say, they're, they're, they're going to hurt you. They're going to bring harm to you. They're going to lead you astray. That's why pastors sometimes tell you not to go visit certain churches. They'll tell you everything you want to know. They'll love you to death. To death, literally, spiritually, to death. That's right. So, we are the bride of Christ. And I'm glad he is the one that I'm married to. He's the one that is coming back for us, and I want to be ready. Do I, am I perfect without spot and without blemish? No, but I keep ironing. I keep steaming it out. I, I, I keep on taking a bath every now and then. Wash with the Word. Right? That's what we do. What are you doing? I'm washing with the Word. Why? Because it's going to make me pure. It's going to make me holy. It's going to make me righteous. It's going to keep me where I need to be so when he comes back, I'll leave the gravitational pull of this world. I won't be left behind wondering, where did I go wrong? Because there's going to be a lot of people left behind. You don't want to be left behind. You want to make it in the first resurrection. Amen. Second has no power, so you don't want to get up in the second. I believe it was, it was um, times that we would read, just forget about me. You know, just forget about me. If, if, I don't, if I don't make it in first resurrection, just forget about me. No, you're going to be remembered. Good, the bad, and the ugly, you're going to be remembered. Let's be the bride of Christ. I love his word. I love his word. I hope you love his word too. I believe you do or, or you wouldn't stick around. Because this is a word, church. This is a word, church. Amen. Amen. They're standing looking at me. Maybe if I stand here another 15 minutes, they'll think I'm still preaching. I just got to wave my hand every now and then and point every now and then and go like that, and they're still looking at me. Somebody can tell them they can come in. Somebody can get up. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Sean. <laughs>
church. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord, church. That's everybody. Amen. I enjoyed that Sunday school lesson, that preaching and teaching. We get it all, don't we? Amen. And all wrapped up in one. But you know what? We need it all. I need it, don't you? I need the word. Hallelujah. After being out amongst this world, you know, fighting and toiling, you know, hearing the things and seeing the things we see, I need the word, don't you? And more than that, I desire it. Amen. Hallelujah. Any birthdays or anniversaries? I always say it beats the alternative getting older. Let us know about it. Amen. Hallelujah. If not, we'll take up sowing seed. Give to a child. Let them learn what it's like to sow a little seed and give to the Lord. He's ready. He's ready. <laughs> Amen. Whoa. Say Y'all give them a hand clap. Amen. <laughs> Proud of her kids. They're learning, ain't they? Amen. He's still, still willing to give. He's like that Ken Flipper. He came back. Amen. How many's ready? We're going to change the order of the service here a little bit. And how many's ready, amen, to worship the Lord? If you've not been already, we should have been already. I thought about this scripture before service, and I thought, you know, that it goes along because we gotta, we gotta get ourselves ready. Yeah. Instead of, you know, we, we want to be a witness, but first, before we go out to the world, we gotta get ourselves ready. Let me tell you what David said in Psalms 51 and 10. He said, "Create in me." Everybody, point to their self. Say, "Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me." Anybody ever seen somebody with a bad attitude? That's what he's talking about. They've got the wrong spirits. But David said, create in me, amen, a clean heart and a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence. All but right. I want to be close to him, don't you? Yes. Hallelujah. Verse 12, listen to this. It says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Yes. You know, I, go, I know we go through some trials sometimes. But amen, salvation should be joyful. Thanks to God. Church should be joyful. We should come here ready to praise him, amen. And if you're not in that place, if you're not in that state, and there's no better time than to hit your knees right now and get there. All right. Amen. Create in me a clean heart. I want to be pure, don't you? I want to lift up another place says to worship saints of God with holy hands. When we worship God and we lift up his name, we better worship him with holy hands. Hallelujah. Y'all ready to worship the Lord? Join us in worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Created from dust. You came and you lived. 
keep going from victory to victory from the presence of the Lord to the presence of the Lord from Sunday to Wednesday Wednesday to Sunday presence of the Lord to the presence of the Lord glory to glory somebody shout it glory somebody shout it again glory hallelujah glory to glory amen when you sing the word it's, it's a great thing to respond to amen uh, we want to remember a folks on the prayer list let's remember Mike Bartley this is um, Brother Keith's brother let's remember him in prayer remember David Day Day Justice, Tina Justice Orville Wolford, Kenneth Coleman uh, let's also remember uh, Joyce Step, Robert Justice, Woodrow Bunk New and William Vandale let's remember those and of course we sent out a list this morning you should have got the whole list and um, if you have a prayer request, just by the raising of your hand. The Lord sees that. That's faith right there. Could we raise the other hand? Could we talk to the Lord? Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us today, Lord, to be gathered here in such a beautiful place with the beautiful presence that you have given us. Lord, I pray that you would begin to let your healing flow like a river. Let there be virtue that would flow, Lord, that you would even say, who touched me? Lord, I pray that there would be some deliverance for some today, some direction for some today, for help for some today. Lord, that you would just get all the glory, that you would get all the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I was
make sure I do all I can. I want to miss a thing. I want to miss a thing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as you give. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us, Lord, to be gathered here today. Lord, I thank you for those that are going to give today because they have a heart to go above and beyond. Lord, I pray that you would bless the offering, Lord, that it would meet the needs of the ministry and that you would get all the praise and all the glory. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless it. It'll be used for missions. It'll be used for local things. Whatever we can do, Lord, to bring honor unto you. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Before they get ready, this song just says, Nobody Greater. I've heard people say, when you've tried everything and everything's failed, try Jesus. This is kind of a different twist on this because... You're not going to find anybody greater. Oh, look at somebody and say, you're not going to find anybody greater than Jesus. Oh, nobody greater. Look at somebody and say, you ain't going to find nobody greater. Nobody greater than Jesus. Oh, nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than. All over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Climb the highest mountain 
the deepest valley Looked all around, couldn't find nobody I searched all over, couldn't find nobody I looked high and mountain looked all around couldn't find nobody walked to the deepest valley looked all around couldn't find nobody healing nobody can heal me like you jesus nobody can 
Nobody can heal me like 
greater than Jesus. Nobody can hold me like you, Jesus. Nobody can mold me like you, Jesus. Nobody greater. Here comes the healing. Nobody can heal me like you, Jesus. Nobody can feel me like you, Jesus. Nobody greater. I climbed the highest mountain. Nobody greater. Walked to the deepest valley, looked all around, couldn't find nobody. Searched all over, I couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody.
nobody heal me like Jesus can. Nobody can heal me like you, Jesus. Nobody can heal me like you, Jesus. Nobody greater. I searched all over. I couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. I still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Hallelujah. Sister Lakin's going to give us a special today. Amen. How many knows there's nobody greater? Oh, search the world over. Couldn't find nobody. Ooh. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen. I, heal, I feel healing virtue going on in this house. I,
I feel the rain. Jesus being the rain. Jesus bring the rain. Jesus, bring the rain. I feel something in this house. Who touched Jesus? I'll just look at your neighbor and say, did you touch him? If you touched him, thank you for touching him for me. Thank you for touching him for me. have a baptism after a while. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad. Bring me the rain. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 43, Luke 8, 43. It was just something that um, the Lord kept impressing, changing my direction today, um, pressing when we were singing Nobody Greater, and the Lord began to move and heal and touch people. And then when Sister Lakin sung the song, let it 
Jesus bring the rain, basically. Because um, so, I know there'll be days that pain's going to come my way. Situations are going to come our way that we don't want to encounter, but we have to encounter so he gets glory. How many knows that the Lord only gets glory when there is a need? If you have a need in this house, would you just raise both hands right now and say, Lord, supply my need. If you don't have any needs, pray for somebody that raised their hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we got a baptism, and uh, I want to speak to us today in Luke chapter 8, and uh, I want to begin in verse number 43. And a woman, doesn't mention a name, names are immaterial sometimes when it comes to us, but the name is everything when it comes to him. So there was this woman having an issue of blood 12 years which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. And uh, when you look at that word, that means that it, it literally um, stood still. Didn't happen anymore. It immediately established that that was not going to bother her anymore. I'd just like to just uh, entitle this. I'm never entitled to message this, but I want to entitle this today just simply, and I don't know if you want to say stanched or staunched. I guess it all depends whether you live in northern Pike County or southern Pike County. But I want to just entitle this, Staunched, Stanched. It stops. Today it stops. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost rushing through this place right now. Jesus, have your way, Lord. Lord, we come before your presence. We ask that you would bless the word, that you would bless the word, Lord, that it would begin to infiltrate our minds and it would infiltrate our hearts and that we would understand that today it stops. Today the things that have been bothering us have stopped. The things that have been pushing against us no longer pushes against us. The things that have been troubling us no longer troubles us because today it stops in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap and you may be seated oh what a mighty presence is in this house realizing that because we are here in the presence of the Lord anything can happen any disease can be healed any sickness can be healed anything that bothers you can be healed we can be delivered of everything right now because we are in such a presence of the Lord I believe Sister Barb felt the presence of the Lord. I believe that there were others that came to this front and felt the presence of the Lord. Brother Dwayne, I believe you felt the presence of the Lord moving in your life. Today, it stops. 
I declare by the word of God that if you've got the faith, there is something that can happen today that will change your life forever. It's not going to raise back up. It's not going to come back at you. It's not going to be there anymore. Some of y'all going to see clearly for the first time. Some of y'all going to see clearly for the first time. I'm going to borrow a line from an old worldly spiritual. I can see clearly now the shame is gone. I can see all sin out of my way. I'm writing it. It's turned gospel on you. I can see clearly now my trouble's gone. It's going to be a bright, 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 bright sunny day. Amen. Amen. The world can't have all the fun. And the world can't have all the songs. We ought to rewrite some songs and make them about Jesus. Amen? Amen. But I begin to read this. And the more I read this, every time I read this, there's something new that pops out at me. And there's something new that gets my attention. Because when you read this, that woman does not have a name. She is just a woman. It could be you. It could be your mama. It could be your grandma. It could be your sister. It could be a sister in the church. Having an issue that may not not deal with blood, but blood will deal with the issue. Oh, I got to say that again. Woo, that's powerful. That's powerful. That's powerful. Oh, oh thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I want you to know that, 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 that the, the issue is not going to be dealt with with blood, but the blood is going to deal with the issue. What blood are you talking about? The only blood we talk about in the house of God. The blood of Jesus. So this woman has an issue of blood. She's had it for 12 years. She's sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she spent all of her living. So now she's poor and sick. Sick and poor. Now she's not only sick and poor, but she's aggravated. She's sick and poor and aggravated. Not only is she sick and poor and aggravated, but now she's had enough. Now she's sick and poor and aggravated and had enough. And when you get sick and poor and aggravated and had enough, you will rise up against the devil. You will rise up against whatever oppression is pushing against. You will rise up. Somebody shout, I'm going to rise up. I'm going to rise up. This woman, she is in a crowd. She knows that Jesus is always surrounded by a crowd. It's like trying to get to the altar at camp time, camp meeting, and and all the things. You can't get there. And she knows that Jesus is somewhere in the midst of that. Because uh, when people are uh, surrounding Jesus and Jesus is in the midst of something, how many knows the atmosphere is different? I'm going to say it again. When Jesus is in the midst of something, the atmosphere is different. Oh, today Jesus is in the midst of the church and the atmosphere has changed. Ooh, 
I wish I wish I wish I could get you to feel what I feel right now. I wish I could help you right now because I know that in the midst of all that you're going through, Jesus seems so far away. I can't get to him. I can't reach him. There's people stronger than I am, people that are mightier than I am, people that are bigger than I am. And they're around Jesus. There are people more spiritual than I am. There's people got more money than I got. They're around Jesus. There's people that's got uh, uh, their friends with them and their relatives with them and and their buddies with them. And and they're all around Jesus. Uh, And I just can't get to Jesus because I'm just a woman, a nameless woman, broke and stinking. Leaving a bloody trail. As I crawled to Jesus. But she had been in a situation to where she wanted out of her misery. No longer did she want to stay a woman, just a nameless, penniless woman. She wanted to be known throughout history as the one. Who touched Jesus. We're still talking about her today. That's how important this woman is. She didn't feel important with her blood condition, the issue of blood. She didn't feel important for 12 years. Maybe she thought every doctor, if I can just go here and get an advisement, if I can just go to Lexington and get an advisement, if I can just go to Louisville and get an advisement, if I can go down Nashville, I know I could get me some advisement on my issue and my situation because Pipeful Hospitals ain't nothing and and ARH ain't nothing. I got to go out and do all of this stuff because I need my deliverance. Deliverance, but you know your deliverance is never going to come in searching the world over. Because there's nobody greater, nobody greater than you. You see, there's something about this. This issue of blood for 12 years, she spent all that she had on physicians. She wasn't going to quacks. She just couldn't get her healing because doctors only prolong what you're going through. They don't heal you. Don't ever look at a doctor and say, thank you, doc, for healing me. He didn't heal you. Jesus is the only one that can heal I'm going to help some of us. But I got to go here. I got to go there. No, you got to go to Jesus. She spent all she had. And if it wasn't for insurance, some people would have spent all they had today trying to get their deliverance. Today, it stops. I'm going to say, if you could listen to me very carefully in the next few words I say, I just want to say this because I want you to get it. Today, the spirit of infirmity stops. Oh, Jesus. Oh, today it stops. Jesus. It stops.
This word means that it came to a standstill. Because this bleeding causing her to be anemic, causing her to be weak, causing her to barely be able to even get close to Jesus. And that's where some of us may feel like we're at right now, that everybody else seems to just step into his glory. I don't know if anybody's ever felt like that, but I felt like that many times. I'd be going to a revival or I'd be going to a camp meeting. It just seems like at the flip of a switch, snap of a finger, people just stepping in his glory. And here I am trying to struggle to get a touch from the master. Here I am struggling. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but if you had, you know what I'm talking about. This woman had this issue of blood for 12 years. She spent all of her living upon physicians. Neither could be healed of any. Came behind him and touched him. She not only touched the border of his garment, but it touched him in such a way that virtue began to flow from him. You see, it's not just good enough to sing a song about touching Jesus. We got to actually touch him. I've got to press through whatever I'm going through so I can touch him. And he can look around and say, wait a minute, who touched me? Well, we don't know because there's so many people in this house. But I will tell you this, Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. You see, it doesn't take a whole church to touch Jesus. It just takes one person that's fed up and fed up with what you're going through. You're aggravated with what you're going through. You're tired of being sick and you're sick of being tired. And you're just saying right now, I'm ready to get my healing. I'm ready for it to stop today. If anybody feels like that, would you stand to your feet and would you give the Lord some glory? This woman did not want to leave camp meeting and go back home bleeding again. We got used to doing that. We come to church, we get prayed for, we go home the same way we came. Brother Jimmy, your mama used to sing, I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. I won't leave here bound, depressed, sick, or lame. The Holy Ghost in the book of Acts is still the same. I won't leave here like I came in Jesus' name. I believe that we need to declare today it stops. My issue stops. The bleeding stops. What's draining my, my strength Stops. What's draining my mind stops. What's draining my family stops. What's, dra what's draining this church stops. Woo! I feel a release in this house. I feel a release in this house. feel a release. I feel there's something being released. 
I'm even shaking in my hand. I feel like something's releasing. And it's more, it's more, it's more than just a small move of God. There's something being released that's going to change our destiny. It's going to change this church. It's going to change our lives. We'll go home. We're not taking anything with us that we brought. We're going home, but we're not going to pick up the same thing and talk about it on Monday. It's the same thing that happened to this woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I can get to Jesus, I know I'll be made whole. And immediately, she didn't touch his hand. She didn't touch his head. She didn't touch his feet. You know what she did? She touched the border. Now, you got to know a little of a Jewish history before you know what the border is. The border had like a ribbon of blue around it, which represented the Word of God, the presence of God. Hmm. Oh, I wish I could do a Bible study on that right now, but I can't. But she didn't touch him physically. She touched the border of his garment. I'm I'm trying to help us just a little bit because we want Jesus to come down and boom, we're healed. When all we got to do is touch the border of his garment. We want to we get some evangelist in here that really knows what he's doing or, or somebody that really is spiritual. Touch the hem of his garment. The Word of God is something that when you believe it and receive it, it will bring healing in every aspect of your life. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. But you know what, this woman with the issue of blood, you know what? She came behind because she couldn't get in front of Jesus. We never need to get in front of Jesus. We should always be wanting to follow Jesus. And the crowds were blocking her. I can only imagine what it was like because the Bible doesn't say. But I believe she crawled through people's legs. I believe that people that was, was walking all of a sudden, who is this crawling through this crowd? What are they trying to do? I'm pretty sure she had some looks from the people that was following Jesus. You see, here's what's going to happen, church. This church is going to get some looks from some people that's following Jesus because we're not worried about what they think or see. We need to get to Jesus. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, you don't need to worry about what your family thinks, what your uncle thinks, what your grandma thinks. You don't need to worry about what your job, your boss, or anybody else thinks, or this community thinks. You're going to get to Jesus. It ain't pretty. Come on now. It ain't pretty when you're crawling on your knees. It ain't pretty when you're, oh, I wish I, Holy Ghost just spoke to me and said, ask somebody to crawl to the altar. Just ask somebody to crawl to the altar. I'd just like to ask some man if he had enough manliness about him. Would you crawl to this altar right now? Would somebody just crawl? That's the issue. That's the issue. That's the issue. 
Jesus. That's what happened. That's where the victory came. That's where the healing came. That's where the healing came. Let's all stand. Woo! Holy Ghost is in this house. They crawled to the altar. I'm going to ask you ladies to be a little bit more decent. I just want you to come to the altar. I want this church to make its way to the altar. Because if you have an issue of any kind, it doesn't have to be a sickness. It doesn't have to be something 